I have a little secret for you. You are in the right place at the right time. Your soul knew exactly that you needed a moment to yourself to feel connected, to feel inspired, and you landed here. Welcome to the Taking Flight Podcast. I am Megan Holly, and I am your host. I am so happy and inspired every single episode to be here right there with you, going through these conversations with guests, or sometimes it's a solo jam where I dive into a story or a thought that has been brought into my heart to bring to the world, to the mic right here. I want you to be sure that you take a moment to really sink in to the space, to have something to take away from this podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a little you time because after all, you deserve it. I always remind people that you deserve to have the space and a place, which is taking flight right here, to debunk the things, the limiting beliefs that you have, to lift up the parts of you that know that there's more out there for you, and to just simply feel heard and seen. So here we go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Taking Flight Podcast. This is Megan Howley, and guess what? It is another guest episode. Those are some of my favorites because I get to just jam back and forth with somebody on the other end of this conversation, and it's always such a soulful take away type of conversation. So today I have Stacey Carpenter, who is amazing. We've come across and just, I always believe that people come into our lives for a reason. And I truly believe that with Stacey, we recently connected and I just thought, oh my gosh, we need to get on this microphone and just chat, chat through some things. And you'll see exactly why when we get into the conversation. So welcome Stacey. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Yes, I cannot wait. I just knew from the second we connected, of all places, right on a Zoom meeting, you have a lot to give this world. Your story and where you're at in your just life and career and all that stuff is just, to me, very inspiring. And I think it will be to other people as well. So before we dive into kind of the deep end here, take a moment and let everybody know a little bit about you. What makes you tick? What are you doing? What are you up to? Yeah, sure. As Megan said, my name is Dr. Stacey Carpenter. I'm a physician as well as life coach. How I came to where we're at today is over the last few years, I realized that I was dealing with some professional burnout and really just did not have any sort of work-life balance. And I just realized that I couldn't continue this way. I'm like, I feel like I don't have a marriage. I just feel like work is totally consumed to my life. So I knew that something had to change. And I was personally given the opportunity to work with a life coach. And then over the last couple of years have really gotten myself back. Like I really feel Feel like I'm the person I was 15 years ago. And that's just amazing to me. So it's been a really wonderful transformation over the last couple of years. As I overcame my overwhelming stress and creating that balance, I knew that I was seeing in my patients and my friends and family, just especially with women, these insanely high levels of stress and just that we've come to accept it. And it's just, I used to joke with patients, I'm like, oh, work-life balance doesn't exist because honestly, a few years ago, I truly felt that way. So yeah, I've had this awesome transformation and I realized that the information that I have gathered over the last few years is very applicable to a lot of women. And so I decided to become a life coach and now am on this journey of helping other women conquer stress and create that balance in life. 
It's so amazing. And I just think it's just so powerful that you saw it, right? You saw it in yourself. First and foremost, firsthand, I am feeling not well. I am now at some point you, like you said, I think it's very poignant to point out that we start to accept that this is just how it, you just feel this way when you get to a certain age, you just feel this way when you're busy, you just, and where in the world did we get to that point where we just accept that? And so then also the other caveat of it all is that you were seeing it in so many of your patients standing there, so examining them, coming in with, I'm sure all kinds of different things and different symptoms and feelings and all that. And I mean, do you feel like a, a lot of things that popped up were just like, so like blaring in your face with patients? Like, this is so stress related. This is so just, this is bogging them down more than they ever think. Cause we start to feel these physical things in our bodies, but a lot of times we don't even realize how much the mental emotional side is playing into some of it. Yeah. And it's definitely there. And I think women are very observant. I think that we're aware. And I think most people are aware that yes, it's there. It's bothersome. It's cumbersome. But we don't, we're also very stubborn and we don't like to ask for help. So it's sometimes admitting like, hey, maybe this is overwhelming to me is where do I go? I think that sometimes is a hard question for, just a hard thing for us to ask for help. So that's where, yes, I see, I think people are aware of just realizing, okay, how do I change this? And I think that's where people get stuck because we don't know. Yeah. It's like you become so accustomed to that feeling and it's okay. Yes. I know that things have to change and yes, I know I'm not making maybe some of the best lifestyle choices or whatever it is that's piling up on you and making you feel the way you feel. I think we're just sitting there. Okay. Yeah. I know some of like some of the ways that I could go, but I also just don't have the time. We start, the stories start popping up. I don't have the time to add in a little bit of a workout. I can't take a break. Are you kidding me? Things that would be very helpful and gaining back your, lowering your stress levels and getting back, back away from that overwhelm and over just worked. And so for you, what, I guess, what was the kind of turning point when you felt yourself in this spiral of kind of just doing and doing, what was the thing that was just like, no, finally, I need to stop with these stories and stop with just pushing through. Was there a moment or a thing that happened or anything? Yeah, honestly, probably one of the biggest things was for me is I just, I knew that my work-life balance has, has, was never actually there. <laughs> I was always somebody who just, you know, truly loved, and I still do. I truly love my patients. I always would put their needs before mine. And then, but then that created that unbalanced work, work-life scenario. And one of my good friends from college had actually, I was venting to her one day and she's Stacy, it's okay to say that you're not happy. Mm-hmm. And that resonated with me because I have my dream job. I have a nice house. I'm married. I have everything that I always, that I ever thought I would want. And so it's like, I should be happy. Like it's just, and so when she said that to me, I was like, you're right. I can admit that this part of my life isn't working. And that was, that was really eye-opening. And that was several years before actually I was given this opportunity and it actually found me to work with a life coach. It was, it was actually like my employer actually offered it to us and it was an amazing opportunity and really just changed my life. And I will be forever grateful for that. Yeah, that's really amazing. And I think that's something that I would imagine people listening could really relate to of just coming to terms with saying that this isn't making me happy anymore. And I can imagine in a field like that, right? In the medical field where you are, like you don't put yourself through all that time, energy and education to not care about what you do and care about the people that you're working with. I really hope so anyways. And I know just by knowing you that like you are heart centered, you want to be 
there for the people that you're working with. But because of that, I feel like it probably was that extra layer of hardness to crack through the shell of, yeah, I'm really not happy with where I'm at right now. And so amazing. That gave me chills when you said that. I can admit, yeah, this isn't making me happy. I'm not okay with where I'm at right now. But wow, what a moment for you that had to be. Was there a lot of interesting conversations with yourself or even the people around you during that time when you were really considering this shift? Because I feel like that had to have been a, another like another layer of stress. Like here I am on the like the brink of just wanting to run away into the woods. And then now thinking about other options yeah. could add into that. So how did that look for you with that? Yeah, no. And I think that even when I say I was like burnout and stuff like that, I still truly loved my job. I love my patients. It was just, there was other layers. And I think it was, I was creating, like you said, sometimes we create the stress ourselves. And now I realize that like I was creating a lot of this extra work for myself. I was creating a lot of these extra. I was the one that was choosing to work at home on the nights and weekends, which then of course it snowballs into those things. It was just I don't know if there's any particular conversation or anything like that, but it's just the awareness of, wait, wait, <laughs> I'm actually doing this to myself. And it was something that I would tell my patients all the time of, especially my female patients of, if you don't put yourself first once in a while, you're not going to be there to take care of everyone else. Mm-hmm. And that's where I found myself. I was truly putting my patients first. And then I realized that, okay, wait, let me take care of myself. Let me adjust how my workflow goes during the day so I can stay on time more with my patients and that I'm not bringing home all this work with me. So still feeling I was able to find that balance of my patients are still giving the quality of care that I feel they deserve, right? And truly, and then, but then able to just change some of my workflow and stuff like that. Like as simple as just putting on headphones so that I'm not listening to the conversation next door, simple things like that. And that's really the transformation that kind of started changing. And then I really, truly fell in love with my job again and really could appreciate the just honestly just the wonderful opportunity I had to care for the to care for people in this community yeah that's beautiful too because that's like that those simple things that again we pull the wool over our eyes like you said putting headphones on so that when you have those times in between when you're not maybe actively talking to a patient or doing whatever you know calls for you to have to be with somebody that you can have those ways to take down take yourself down a notch take down the chatter in your mind take down whatever it is. And so that's, I think something poignant that we all have to, I feel like I try to assess on a regular basis. Like what can I do right now? I'm in a busier season, but what are my missing that maybe I need to do right now that could help just a little bit. It doesn't have to be earth shattering. It doesn't have to be monumental time that I'm allotting to something, but can I take five minutes before I sit down on the computer to just take a few deep breaths, listen to my favorite song, whatever it is. Right. And I do that often. So I love that you were able to gain back a little bit of, I don't really want to say control over the situation, but just a little bit more, had more bandwidth for yeah. Realizing the stress cool. of where you were in a different way. And for me, it was really a lot of just self-accountability. And I think this is a lot of things like it's so interesting. And now again, retrospectively looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, but it's so interesting. We had this set up at the set time. I was here on time. I would never think of canceling or being late or anything like that. But if I said, oh, I should work out in the morning, I am not holding myself accountable. I'm like, oh no, I can do it later, which I actually did this morning, but I will work out later. But yeah, and it's just even being honestly, the self-accountability and stuff like that. So one of the things that, you know, too, is really interesting is 
I could do a task that normally I'd sit here and I check my phone and bullets on Facebook and then I do a little bit of work and then I get distracted with this or that or whatever. And before I know it, it's been four hours and I really only got 10 of my 20, 10 of my 40 charts done or something like that. And I realized, wait a second here, let me just focus. Like I actually would set a timer for an hour, sit down, what can I get done in an hour? And then I'm challenging myself, right? And then I could actually, I could get almost all of my work done in a much shorter amount of time just by putting the phone down and actually just telling myself like, hey, I'm really going to focus for this time. And that is truly amazing. And it's some some of you that have kids might know, okay, if you want them to clean up, clean up their room or something, hey, I'm going to time you. How long will it take you to clean up your room? Let's see. And it's just, it is that like little bit of motivation. No, let's see what I can get done in this hour. So I think that that was, you know, really eye-opening too, is just why don't we hold ourselves accountable and just learning those things. I love that too, because I always joke, I have a huge human development backgrounds, just understanding how our minds, especially with kids and younger generations, right? How we really work. We want that little bit of a challenge. So figuring out something that works for you, timers. I have timers that I use all the time that they're sitting on my desk. And sometimes it works better than others, right? Because some days I'm just like really off in the back 40 of my own mind. But the fact that you just at least search out for different ways to focus more, because let's be honest, the world we live in The extra stressors that we have with our phones and uh, constantly being on and Netflix or whatever, just the squirrel brain, even if you aren't somebody who struggles with focus innately, it's already, it's just built in for us almost at this time, at this point. Yeah. And I, yeah, I was realizing this the other day too, just with, with all the things that we have today and I even put something out on Facebook, but growing up, so I'm almost 42. So just so you know, I was born in the early eighties, but like Growing up, we had like five TV stations. And so we had two, five, seven, nine, 11, 32. That was it. So what is that? Five or six. And then like now, like how many streaming services do we have? And I joke that the other night, my husband and I went downstairs to to watch something and we spent so much time trying to figure out what we wanted to watch that we didn't even have time to watch it. And same thing for radio stations and stuff like that. It's just the decision overwhelm and the distractions that we have available to us now are just very different. And, you know, this is when they're like, okay, was it simpler? It was just different. It was a different time. And we'll be looking back at right now, 10 to 20 years from now, be like, oh, that was a different time too. But it's just interesting of how do we deal with these changes and how do we put limitations and just different things. Yeah. That's a great point to think about too, because I think sometimes on that same note, right, we use the other things as the scapegoat it's there it's there but you choose how you interact with it you choose how much of it you have do you have disney plus and netflix and hulu and paramount and all these things i'm actually thinking of the things that are on ours and it's some we don't, <laughs> some we don't really use anymore but we've had we wanted to watch that one series mm-hmm. and and we're not even huge tv watchers. like it's just sometimes we get into a series so it's like, ah but anyways we use it as a scapegoat we're always connected but it doesn't, thankfully, right now, I don't know, who knows where we'll be in another 10, 20 years, but it doesn't like knock on your head and go, hey, come look at me. You you have still have the power to figure out, going back to the timer situation and figuring out what works for you so that you can focus so that at least that layer of overwhelm and stress yeah. be somewhat in a better boat and not feeling like it's just one more thing you're battling. So I think like you just made me have a light bulb where at least I know for myself that there's times when I'm struggling more, I'm like, what am I avoiding right now? Am I yeah. trying to go down this rabbit hole of Facebook? on like for with no real no purpose if you have a purpose or I use social media for like my business and stuff so if I don't have a purpose and I'm just truly mindfully or mindlessly just scrolling I need to be better about going 
what's happening here. And this kind of circles back to the time management and stuff like that, because you said like a lot of us, we feel like we don't have enough time. I think that's a big thing. Oh, I don't have time. Or when we say, oh, we're so busy. And I think that when you break that down, okay, are you really that busy? Like it's just, it's really interesting because somebody else might have be working another job and have two extra children than you and also be dealing with a sick family member. And yet was they're busy, you're busy. And it's just different because I think it's very common to say, oh, we're so bright. That's it. How's your day? Oh, it's going busy or it's busy or stuff like that. And it's just interesting when you stop and break it down. It's just, okay, what did, you know, what did you actually do? And when you look at, I said this other day, I'm like, oh, my day's busy. And I'm like, I have two meetings and an appointment. And I'm like, why am I saying it's busy? It's not, (laughs) when you look at it, I'm like, I have three things. So it's just, Yeah. I think that's our perspective. Actually, the last episode I was on with her name was Ahuva and she is, she's great. And she's really good at articulating certain things. And the one thing she said was you could be a retired millionaire and your day is going to pick out a new designer purse and then going to get your eyebrows threaded, but you feel that's busy. And so it's like, it's not really what you're doing or how much you're doing. It's just like you said, going back to that, just, I guess, entry level way of thinking of it. How are you using your time? Are you filling your plate with things that are necessary? Are you taking on things? Are you saying yes to too many? Are you perceiving it? Because sometimes if my, I like color code with highlighters and all the things on my paper planner and sometimes I'll look at it. And like you said, there's like maybe three or four things on it. And some of the things are maybe a 20 minute long situation. It's not even anything long and drawn out. And I'm like, because I see four different lines with four different colors. And my brain is already telling me my stories of this is going to be tiring. And don't forget to do that. And oh, did I send the email? And did I do that before to set this up? And it's wait a second, we have to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. Or was that like something we used to say back in the day? But and just go wait, why am I making this bigger than it needs to be? And also sometimes, again, I think that as in general, as women, I think we are stubborn, which is not necessarily a bad thing. We don't like to ask for help and stuff like that. But even when we say we're busy, we don't have time to do this. One of my coaches told me, she's, then you're not being smart with your time. And then I get defensive. And I'm like, yeah. oh, don't tell me this. Like, I am totally in control. And then you realize, no, I'm not. Like, and it's really interesting. I did this for a while, but even just looking at the battery usage on your phone, mm-hmm. how much time was spent on Facebook, how much time was spent playing a game, how much time was spent just scrolling through the news and that kind of stuff. And is that beneficial? And you're like, Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm not as smart with my time as I, (laughs) and it's just eye opening when you start breaking down some of these things. And again, we get so in our routine and stuff like that. We don't take the time to stop. And that's just where this has just been a really amazing couple of years for me. And just really excited just to see where this is going to take me. Yeah. Because it all starts with the decision to take a look at us that what we're doing at each individual kind of piece of our existence within what we're feeling, what we're maybe feeling not in alignment with and all that. And I like that you said that we'll get defensive sometimes because it is easy for somebody to maybe push a little bit of a button with us. And then you go, no, whatever. And you have some sort of really fiery, even if you don't say it back to them or you think it, whatever it is. And then I think those are things we maybe need to listen to more. At least I think for myself personally, I try to look at those little ding moments of why did I have to get so defensive or why was I so protective of that moment or that statement or what is it because we are stubborn isn't bad but it can be also with anything in life having some chocolate isn't bad in itself but having a lot of chocolate 
can be not so great for you. So it's like anything. Yeah. The stubbornness can lead us into, I just saw actually, I don't remember where it came through in something in a email or whatever. And they were talking about what are the qualities of somebody that's very successful, right? Who is just having growth in their life and their business and things like that. Not any dollar amount, just success in some way, shape or form. And it was like, oh, is it that they're consistent? No, because there's plenty of people who are doing really amazing things in their life and, and feel successful, but they're not very consistent. And then the next, I can't remember the second one, but the third one was they're stubborn. They're hard headed enough to go, I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what this feels like, but I'm just going to figure it out. So in those cases, stubbornness can be helpful, but I think we have to check ourselves again once in a while. Am I being too stubborn that I'm just going to keep myself in this dang cyclical thing of I've just, especially like when you're like at our stages in life, right? In our late thirties and early forties, we start to just go, this is just, you just start to feel more worn down. You start to feel a little bit more achy. You start to feel a little like you can't think as clear. Why would we, and I don't care what age or stage you are. I'm just using that because we're in a similar space. Why would we at any age just accept that? Because we always see people who are exceptions to the rule. They're vibrant and they're doing this and they're doing that. They're not letting age or the stage they're at or how many kids or how many jobs or how many whatever is they've got they just are figuring out they're stubborn and going no I want to make this the best I can yeah but it's because it's easy it's easy to fall back in that role right it's easy just to blame everything else and it's just that's so true and I think that it's really interesting because around what I've seen too is that like 35 to 45 I think people in general are realizing, okay, they're taking a step back and just, is this really what I want? What's yeah. going to go on here? Most of us would rather take a pay cut or cut back on our hours if possible to spend more time with friends and family and have a personal right. life. So I think that's where we start seeing that in our lives. And it's just, okay, what changes need to be made and, and how and why did we get to this point? And it's just really interesting yeah. And I think why is just such a powerful question. And it's just, and if we accept that, oh, that's the way it's always been done. Is that, that's my husband's pet peeve. <laughs> why did you do it that way? If you tell me that's how, you know, that's how we did it last time. He's not, you have to know the reason why. And so when you really start examining that, then you can start breaking down some of this stuff and figuring out, okay, what's really important. What can I change and those types of things? Yeah. And I love that. Cause I love that you brought that up two reasons because one, my husband and his organization that he works for, they have the five whys. So if something goes wrong, they use it within that realm more than anything, but they use it for a lot of things, right? So if something goes wrong, something doesn't get to where it needs to go at the right time, place, whatever. Why? Okay, whatever that answer is, why? And then just breaking it down, getting granular with it. And so we can do that in anything in our life and our business as well. And then also I saw somebody do a speaking engagement, I think it was a month or two ago, and she was talking and she just posed a question to somebody in the audience about what do you, I think it was something like, what do you love about what you do in your job, in your career? And she answered, and but then she just kept going, why? And she kept just drilling down and it was like, you can feel like the tension almost of like, oh my gosh, I've never thought like this, but it was like beautiful. And at the end, the person who she had done the questions to said, thank you for that. Because I really got so much more clarity in really what I'm doing, spending my days and my hours doing, and you can use that into your benefit then and shift. If there's something that came up in the bubbled up in your mind or even in your heart and energy, right? And you're like, that felt like interesting, or it took me a lot longer to answer that than I feel like it should have, or whatever it is. Wow. So 
if anything, everybody listening right now, let's take five whys <laughs> on yeah. something that you're struggling with or feeling overwhelmed by or just not feeling great about. And let's yeah. just get clearer. Yeah. And yeah. And that example you gave too is just you said that the person was starting to become uncomfortable. Yeah. It is it is uncomfortable when we start really examining these things and why why am I not doing this? Why am I why am I not doing this? And then it's just because it, again it goes back to this easiness in the routine, and so it's just like when you can break that routine, it's really when I feel like you can see the changes. But yeah, it is it's it's not easy to make change. Change is inevitable, but certain changes can be hard, and some of them come na- a little bit easier. But it's still you have to make an effort, and that's where sometimes we feel like oh I don't again I don't have the time, I don't have the resources. I don't have this. And then we just keep going about this vicious cycle. Right. And so, yeah, it's just, when are you ready to take that step towards, okay, Hey, I, something, that's where I was. It was like, something has to change in order for me to continue to be able to be a good doctor and to be a good wife and to be a a good friend and sister and daughter and stuff like that. And it it was just kind of, okay, something you get to that point. And yeah, yeah, it's just that something has to change thing. Totally. I've totally been there. And I feel that so wholeheartedly because there's just that poignant moment where you're like, I can't do this anymore. I can't feel like this any longer. And so whatever it is, I'm making one small step today to make that happen. Because one of my favorite content creators on socials right now, she just cracks me up. She just does these like off the wall kind of videos. She's being silly and whatever in them, but her messages are always... So boom, I needed that today thing. And one thing that she always says, everything's made up. Like the 40 hour work week, somebody made that up. So why are we hold so much stock in something like a 40 hour work week or <laughs> having some sort of level of whatever it is, enter any adjective, any word, any whatever. All of this that we're in is just a fragment of something that was created along the way. How can we make it our own reality feel good within it without yeah. feeling like we're crushing from the pressure of what that's supposed to look like. And it used to be like what the term, like keeping up with the Joneses type, deal, right? Yeah. But that was from a long time ago. Now it's just like, you have all this other stuff. Like you said, the social media stuff, social media can be great, but it also can be terrible. So it's just, yeah. you know, when you see that one friend that just has like the perfect family and the perfect kids and they're on Facebook and this and that, I'm like, yeah. And then we have to realize though, okay, how many photos did they take? Yeah. Get that one. And five minutes later, I'm sure the kid had a, had spilled juice all over them or whatever. And they're over here. So it's just, and that's same thing with the reality TV shows and stuff like that. I think it just puts more pressure, creates more stress. Yeah. And then that just, then we find ourselves in these spiraling cycles. So it's just really interesting, even with that too. And how, what limits do you put up and reminding yourself like what's real and what's not, which is hard sometimes. It's very hard. And even if we, at the realistic side of it all, we, our brain goes, oh, that's just not real life. It's like the other side of it all, we're kind of going, well, we like somehow rationalize that must still be true. They have it all together. Somebody, a client of mine, I was like, we were wrapping up yesterday and put my stuff away and we're just chit-chatting. And it's actually somebody I met on an airplane two and a half years ago, coming back to Chicago. And she had stayed in touch and followed and whatever. So long story short, at the end of it, she was like, oh, I just love, I've been loving following you. It seems like you have so much on your plate. You're doing so much stuff. How do you do it? And I was like, oh, wow. And I feel that I'm real. And I talk about when I'm struggling and I talk about this and that and the other, but I was like, I I don't always have it together. And I'm like, 
time management comes into play when I just need to run away for three days I just run away for three days and just don't do anything and try to plan that but again it's like that perception we got to be right of like how we are looking at other people how we're putting ourselves out into the world because it's so easy to go down this crazy rabbit hole I've done, I've been there and then I also check myself right if I'm like oh that person's got it all together look at they're always on vacation they're like whatever like these just goes down like this scroll of like spiral, right? And I'm going, why am I even picking this apart? It's just human at some point, or especially if it's maybe something you aspire to do or have or be more like, it's easy to be like, that's just, they. one thing I have a pet peeve of is that people, when we as humans, we start to think they've got something different. They've got something special about them. And we all have those people we look up to and think that about, which is not a bad thing. I feel like innately to go, ooh, I want something, they inspire me to want more or different. But that being said, it could also be a bad crutch or kind of keep us in a space where they were just born with something special. Put any great thinker, thought leader, celebrity, if you're into celebrity and music or whatever, put any of those people that are doing these big grand things in the world, they come up against all the same thing. They they have imposter syndrome, they have stress, they have overwhelm, they have exhaustion, they have crap go wrong in life. And some are probably more open about it than others, but no matter what, I feel like we just have to remember that they are just literally humans at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. And I think that it's just interesting too. And what you said, even some of, and I think that's better now too, like some of the celebrities and people just that are more well-known coming out and talking about some of these things. I think that's actually great and aware. And they're like, when again, they're, you know, I think some of us are thinking, what do they have to be upset about? Or what do they, how are they stressed? Do they have everything you want? It's no, everything comes with something else. So then when you're in the public eye, it's a thousand times more. If there's a mistake yeah. made, it's just, it's interesting. Everybody has a different level of stress. Everybody has a different place where they're in life. And it's just, how do we all figure it out? Yeah. At the end of the day, it's like really just in, like coming back to home. The other day, I don't know what we were talking about, but my husband and I were... Gosh, I'm blanking on where, what this conversation even evolves from, but we were talking about just ourselves. Home is where you literally within you, you can have people that you love to be around and they lift you up and they do this and they do that. And they are your safe space, but you at the end of the day are the thing, right? That can help you understand more about what you need, want aspire to be the person that can truly calm you even in the most chaotic of moments or if you're having a if you god forbid have a panic attack things like that I've had those in my life and they're never fun and sometimes I'm like where do I go to fix this and then I'm like oh (laughs) it's right here it's literally right here I need to figure out like was I not taking any like deep breaths for the last couple of hours and that led to me having a panic attack Am I just literally on the edge of burnout? So it's like coming back to home base, touching the base, like back in the day when you played tag, like where was that home base? That's you. It's what's truly you to take back like you did for yourself and your this transition that you have been in and figuring out what this all looks like and doing all this greatness. And you said, hey, I'm home right now. And this is what is feeling good. And this is what's not feeling great. And what can I do to shift it now? Yeah. Yeah. And it just, like I said, it was just truly eye opening beyond. I never thought that I could be where I'm at today. And that's just why I'm so passionate about now getting my word out there and just realizing that, okay, if I can do this and make this change, 
Yeah. Anyone can. Yeah. And again, you have to be at the right time. You have to be ready and open to for change and willing to have it. But it's just, this is why I made this transition and I became a life coach. And it's just, I didn't even know what a life coach was entering yeah. <laughs> into this. And it's now I'm just like, oh my gosh, it just makes so much sense. And it's just, then you break it down and it's just, oh, and it's just really, when I say that, I do that like a oh, side thing, because it's like, it's things that we know deep down. It's just a matter of like, okay, actually put them in the forefront as well. Just like, okay, let's be aware of these things. And just really just the question of asking why that we had brought up before it is, it's like, why do we react the way we do and how can we react differently that suits us better? So I always get the example of just even like road rage, right? We're familiar with traffic in this area. (laughs) If you're driving and somebody cuts you off, you can get very vocal. You can make gestures. You could lay on the horn and then you just get in your head and your heart's racing and you're just pissed off. And like, you can, feel it. And you're like, you feel like your blood pumping and you're just like this. And then, and then you could be upset about it for that five minutes. And then you get to work or you get home and you tell whoever, Oh my gosh, this jerk cut me off or whatever. So then you're just, you're in your mind, you're in the moment is, you know, is that really helpful? Or somebody could cut you off, maybe a little too close change in lanes. And you could honestly choose to think, you know what, maybe they honestly didn't see me. Yeah. I was, I was paying attention, nothing bad happened and go about your day and not think twice about it. And this is where I think, you know, I use this term of the female brain. And I think as women, we just, we do this overthinking thing Mm -hmm. all the time. And I know you guys can relate to me on this, but it's just, I call this female brain. So it's just one thing happens and it spirals and then you start thinking about it. And I use an example, somebody sent a text message and in your head, you instantly are like, Oh my gosh, uh, how do I want to respond? And you're worried about it for weeks. And it's just kind of like where, when it, when you actually get to that conversation of sorry about that, or what did you mean? They didn't mean anything. Like that person wasn't worried about it, but you just spent two weeks being anxious about it. So it's just really interesting when you, okay, Hey, how do I want Like, I'm when we're in that, like anxiety, stress spiral, we've all been there and it could be something so insignificant, but our minds just take over and it's just, then you're like, okay, why am I thinking this way? How, and then just breaking it down. Okay. Well, how can I think of it differently? Is this, is this, I use the term like beneficial emotion. Like when we're stressed and anxious Mm -hmm. and it's just causing us more anxiety and stress, (laughs) it's not helping us. It's it's, okay. What can we do to change this so that we're not in this space anymore? And sometimes it's just letting it go, which is so much easier. It's much easier said than done. Learning to do that is just, it's a great journey and process. Yeah. I love, thank you for using that, that example of road rage, because so what I heard in that was we almost made that little minor error, right? About ourselves in a way. Oh, like that it scared me. And of course, sure it did. We're not going to take away that. It made you go, oh my gosh, of course. But we're not even realizing that we've probably been on both ends of those things before. We've all made a like a little bit of a, a quick merge that maybe we shouldn't have or whatever. So it's like going, remember that they weren't doing it to be, you know, hopefully they weren't, right? <laughs> there are some interesting yeah. drivers out there. We all know that, but- For the most part, most people, they weren't doing it on purpose. They weren't trying to jar you up. They weren't trying to whatever. It's like, it just was a human error and we, whatever. So how do, how can we, like you said, go, okay, not make this into a bigger thing. 
let's move on, take a deep breath, allow myself to feel the stress that came from it, but then just move on instead of just screaming and making the next 20 minutes or two hours, no matter how much, whatever the situation is, how boiled up you got about it. And maybe not just road rage, but just anything that's just taken in as your own that you probably shouldn't have in the beginning, right? You're like, why did we take this on as our own stressors and moments and things? So I love that example. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's just great to look at it, look at things from different perspectives like that, because we need to that female brain. I love that. I love that you hone in on that side of things because I think we forget how much different sometimes we think and the way that we operate because of how we think. Then I think is I guess interesting to analyze sometimes and stop and learn about yourself through it. Like why do I think like that when it comes to this, or why do I start? creating stories from a text or an email that I read the wrong way in my own voice, not even in their voice, in my mm-hmm. own voice. Mm-hmm. Like, why do we do this? So analyzing right. ourselves, what are your thoughts on that? Do you have any things, thing that you love to go to when you know that there might need to be a shift that's happening or like a pattern that you're seeing in your own maybe like yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just, again, other examples and just being aware of things. And I'm going to go back to the female brain thing. Cause I truly think a lot of us do this. But even something just, again, it's being aware and just being aware of the different perspectives and stuff like that. But even just as far as judgment, because as women, we can definitely judge others very quickly yeah. for better or worse. But it's just, it's one of those things that's helped me a lot, even just because not everybody likes us and not everybody is going to, and nobody is liked by a hundred percent of others. And so it's just, it was really interesting. You can walk in the room of 10 people you've never met before And five of them might like you and five of you might instantly be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to talk to that person because X, Y, Z. And it might be that you have the same name as her ex-wife. It might be that, oh my gosh, she has those expensive shoes on or, oh my gosh, oh, I I think I'm really like instantly thinking good because, oh, it reminds me of my roommate from college. I really miss her. We had a great time and this and that. So sometimes it's nothing like we didn't even have to say anything, just our presence in there, there's already these judgments made. And it's really interesting with that. And again, I think that female brain, like it does, we are judging that picture on social media. We are doing that. Oh, she's too thin. Oh, she's too heavy. It's just, we do have those thoughts, but it's just reminding ourselves that like, not everybody is going to like us and that's okay. And I think that's something, again, as we get older, we kind of learn because I think people pleasing and everybody has to like us. That's all the female brain. Guys don't think that way. They really don't. And that's just been really eye-opening to me too over the last, you know, just even being, my head's always full of things, right? I have grocery lists. I have this, I have that. And my husband's like, oh, what do you need from a grocery store? And there's just nothing. It's just like blank. I think, and speaking in general terms here, but men don't have the 18 lists in their heads at all times. And this is just where, this is why I want to mainly work with women and help them create these things. It's just because we do this to ourselves. Yeah, (laughs) it's really true. You really got my mind going too, when you were talking about just the way that we just interact with others, or even if it's not like person to person, but it's seeing something that they've done or said or whatever. And I think for you in the life coaching world, and even me in the branding coaching world, I am always helping people to shed that layer of worry because we can't, we cannot be everything for everybody. I love 
being able to connect with people. And do I want to connect with as many people as possible? Sure. But do I know that I'm not for everybody and all that stuff? We want to just be everybody to be like, yay, like an applause. Every time they, you know, that they see us, we want them to feel good and excited and whatever. It's just not realistic. And shifting that is so important to go, okay, but how can I still be my best self no matter what? And I think what I do love about definitely like it started a little bit with our generation, but it's really a little younger than us. I feel as though more and more, they really truly just don't care as much about what others think. Like they just show up. If they're like the top knot and the just whatever hoodie type of person, they own it and it's what they are. There's a time and a place for dressing in a certain way or being whatever. But like, even then it's, I feel like there's just this different air about them that are just, and some people that give them a bad rap for it. They don't care. They don't play into society's rules. I'm like, <laughs> sometimes that's nice a little bit, right? Finding a happy medium. So you're not like so often Bermuda, but you're not like everything has to be so precise so that everybody likes me. And I look exactly the way I should look and all that stuff. And so I think that was really poignant to bring that up because I think it's, it almost made me chuckle when you were like, oh, I don't like that person. I don't like this person. Oh, they have the same name as my ex. There's these things that like we probably don't even realize. You might not even articulate that that's why you don't like them. Or it might click, but it might not. And you're kind of like, I don't even know, but I just, something about that. We've all been there and felt that on both ends, right? Like, I don't know why they don't like me. I never did anything. Or I don't know why I don't like them. They never did anything. And yeah. both sides are kind of like, what? What's happening? Right. But then that female brain takes over, right? So if you have that, if you have that interaction and you're like, oh, you know, this, I don't think this person likes me. Well then, well, why? And then it just, you get into your, then it's just spirals down. It's just really interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, we as women are, that just made me think of one more thing. When I used to teach preschool, there's kids of all, all different types of personalities and things like that. And obviously sometimes there would be teachers, a couple of teachers I would work with. They're like, I could never name my kid this. Like the, 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 that child and them, their personalities just didn't mesh or whatever. And right. they were like, I just couldn't name this name to a child, blah, blah, blah. And I always remember being like, that seems so funny to me. But as we're talking about it, it's like, that makes sense though. Cause we associate certain yep. things like that personality just wasn't my thing and whatever. And it's a kid. So to me, I'm like, it's a kid, like whatever. But if you have, that's just how you feel about it. Our brains just attach something negative or whatever way you want to roll the dice with that word right and then you're like that just doesn't suit me any and I can't I can't associate goodness with it and so then yeah it's we'll do all the things they've got shoes that I've always wanted those and I can't have them or whatever your brain says but it's like who said you can't like prioritize and make them if that's really something important then don't be mad at that person for yeah (laughs) yeah crazy barrel of monkeys sometimes in our minds But I think it's the movie Mean Girls. I think that's kind of like how we're kind of, I mean, that seriously, you just think of teenage girls and it carries over and this and that. And it's just, oh my goodness. It's just, it's just, it's a wild world. Like it's yeah. just- You want to know what though? In our, every, each of us individually, our versions of Mean Girls, the movie, guess who's Regina George? Our brain. That's yeah. the actual Regina George because she was like the meanest of all of them. And the leader of that just whole situation. And it's actually our minds, in my opinion, that are the Regina George in that situation. And we have to go, yo, Regina, cut it out, right? Because that's truly what's creating more mm-hmm. of that and more issues and or acting upon the Regina George in your mind. Because that's when it really becomes a, even a bigger problem when you're acting on it. And it's like, maybe not your best self then, because you're acting on this little kind of mean girl script that's going on in your mind about that person, that job, that whatever. And 
if you're just kind of, if it's floats through, you're like, ah, whatever. I don't like that. And it moves through. Cool. We all have those moments where I thought about it and I moved on from it. But then there's the times when we start making choices and lead us to maybe not so grand things like maybe having a conversation that we maybe should have thought about differently before we did it or making a rash judgment or whatever and it's that's when I think it starts to siphon out not in a good way and it's one of those things where I think you make very good points there Megan but with this too it's just becoming aware of these things is huge and then I also think separating out what's actually true in this scenario is huge too. It's like, I do this exercise with my clients, but it's just, okay, just free write for a couple of minutes, one minute, three minutes, five minutes, go ahead and just write, write. And then once you're done, go through and cross off everything that is not a fact that if you went to 10 different people, they would agree that is true, that it was a true statement or a factual statement. And I did this, I participated in this recently with my class that I'm teaching. And I did, I did two different downloads, each a page long. I just wrote until the page was full. And with both of them, there one phrase that was actually factual and all the rest were my thoughts. And it was just me spilling out. Oh my gosh, I've got so much to do. Here's my list. I have to do this. No, I don't have to do anything. I'm choosing right. to do that. Is that a choice that's beneficial or not beneficial? But yeah. um, so it's really just interesting when you break it down. And I challenge anybody to do that is honestly just do the free write, just write anything that comes to your mind and then go back through and anything that's not a fact cross it off. And then what are you left with? Because that I feel is when it's eye-opening. Is that just, okay, then all this other stuff is just that female brain stuff that's just taking over our mind. And when you start breaking it down, you're able to see things simpler. You're able to, and that's when you start seeing these changes of being able to show up better because you're not quote, busy all the time and those things. And that's just, it's a really eye-opening experience for anybody who wants to do that challenge. It's fun. Oh, I love that. Yes. So yes, if you're listening and that resonates with you, take a moment, pause this right here. We're about to wrap up anyways, pause and do it or finish up listening and go grab it or schedule it on your your calendar. Maybe give yourself a little space to do this. I think that's something that's like important for some people. I can't do it right now, but how can I do something that might be beneficial for me? Like I might learn something about myself or what I, what can be doing better right now. So I love that. The challenge accepted everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Do it and tag us. If you do it, if you want to put it on social media, if you're that kind of person, if you're not keep it to yourself and just learn from it. But either way, if you need the accountability, we're here, Stacey and I are both about that. So (laughs) let us know, reach out and say, Hey, I learned something about this, but Okay, before we wrap up, is there anything that you want to leave here on the mic that just is resonating with you from our conversation that you want to leave with people to think about, feel, whatever it is? (laughs) Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just reminding us that it's okay to put ourselves first. And by doing that, and I am proof of this, is that once you're able to do that, you truly can show up better in every area of your life. And I think that's something we need to be reminded of. I think a lot of us think that's not true because we just have to give and take care of everybody else and we're killing ourselves doing that. And it's no, really by taking care of ourselves, taking a moment, regrouping, whatever it might be, whatever is going to help you get to that place where you're able to put yourself first, you truly will be able to show up so much better for, for everybody. Yes. Thank you for that. Yes. It's something that I feel like 
everybody knows, but everybody needs the reminder. So thank you. And you are living proof of that, of making changes that have moved you in a direction of finding more peace within yourself. Yeah. So it's Absolutely. beautiful. Other last thing is before we wrap up here, let people know where they can find you and what they can, if there's anything that you want to share and connect with and however they can find you. And then I'll also put it all in the show notes too. So people can just one click and get right to Stacy. <laughs> Yeah. Carpentercoaching.com is the website. I'm offering a couple of things right now. So I'm doing individual coaching and I'm actually doing free sessions just as a trial consultation, just to see, I think a lot of us don't know what life coaching is. So even just to have that initial conversation with no strings attached, just if you want to try that out, you're welcome to go to the website on there and do that. I'm starting to do in-person workshops. It is basically, I went from working like 70 hours a week to 40 hours a week just by changing a few things and just becoming more productive. So what I want to do is share this information and all these tips and tools that allowed me to go from working 70 hours a week to 40 hours a week to any woman who wants to participate. There's a workshop link on my website as well to go to. And then I have a Facebook business page as well as my personal page. So those are the best ways to get a hold of me right now. And yeah, I'm so new to, oh, Meg and I were talking about, I really am just launched my business within the last actually month or two and I'm still figuring some things out, but it's just been such an amazing process. And I'm so excited to start working with clients and it's just been a great learning experience and I just can't wait to see where it takes me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. And then one other thing too, for people who aren't local, do you do like zoom and that, that kind of thing for coaching and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. So for the individual coaching, which is like one-on-one -on -one coaching, however you want to do that, it is all over Zoom. So you can absolutely, I can coach anybody in the world. I can coach because that is something different as a physician. I was never able to do that before I had it like in that role, but as a life coach role, I can coach anybody. And then, yeah, so that's all over Zoom. And then the in-person workshops for now are there, but I might start doing online again. Don't be afraid to ask or shoot me a question or email or anything like that because I'm totally open. Oh my gosh. And people should definitely, that, that's amazing. 70 hours to 40 hours just by figuring some things out and figuring yeah. out what that looks like for you. So just imagine anybody's out there, if you're working 20 hours, you want to go down to 10 hours. Hey, you never know. You can get more, even more productive. If you're working 70 hours and want to get to 40, like whatever it is, that is a beautiful thing. So definitely thank you for sharing that. And I hope that people definitely connect with you and jump in and see what you're all about and just get inspired by what you're putting out there in this world. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time and just that beautiful brain of yours too. <laughs> awesome. No, thank you so much for having me. And I am also very thankful that we were able to connect and I, we've had great conversations and I'm looking to so many more in the future. Yes. Thank you.